Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I am super pumped that you are here hanging out with us today because today I've got a very special guest and I can't wait to introduce you to him. But before I do, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Smart Choice. Uh, they are a fantastic solution for you. If you're looking to grow your agency, if you're looking to add markets, if you're looking to just enhance your footprint uh, in the state or in the country, uh, they are a good option and a great opportunity for you to do that. They negotiate higher commissions. Uh, they negotiate lower premium and volume commitments. Uh, they are a wonderful partner, silent partner, so to speak, non-equity partner in your agency. They help you by just taking a commission split, no fees, uh, no lengthy contracts, just uh, want to help you uh, to grow, grow your book. And they even split uh, on their contingencies and bonuses too. You can't beat that. They really are a great option for you. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Find out more from your local representative. Smartchoiceagents.com. Smartchoiceagents.com. Uh, also, my friends over agency performance partners, uh, they are a uh, another incredible partner, great friend uh, of the show, and uh, best friend agency owners across the country. You know, they work with uh, industry heavyweights. They work with agencies, uh, large and small, agencies just like you. They also work with carriers, with networks uh, to help solve some of the industry's biggest challenges. Some of you know Kelly. Uh, Kelly Donahue Piro has been around the industry for quite some time now, and she has helped thousands of agencies uh, across the country to solve some of those challenges. Uh, those challenges like helping your people, um, your biggest investment, uh, your people, helping them to move from busy to productive. They help you with putting in processes for new business, for retention, uh, for growing the commercial, growing your personal lines. Um, and there's some new courses coming out uh, as we speak every single quarter. Uh, you can't uh, you you can't afford to miss out on this. Uh, go to agencyperformancepartners.com and check it out. Now on today's show we've got Charles Pyfram with CanGen coming on. Yep, today we are talking about cannabis. Uh, this is a great conversation uh, for those of you that are in the space, for those of you that are interested in the space. Or for those of you who just want an entertaining conversation about the cannabis industry, about insuring the cannabis, about niching, about specific niches, about learning your product, it's just a cool conversation all together. Uh, sit back, relax, please, and enjoy my conversation with Charles Pyfram. Charles Pyfram, how are you doing, brother? Hey, Keith, good to see you, man. How are you? Man, I am really Really good. It's a good day. Uh, it, it's, you know, my kids are back in school, so they're not bugging me at home anymore. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, it's good. They're back to routine. Man, I needed routine in my life again. Uh, summertime always jacks me up, man. Yep, right there with you, man. Well, I got two more weeks to go for me, so I'm, I'm uh, on the cusp. Oh, man, the countdown begins, bro. The yes, countdown sir. begins. So uh, where, where are you at today? Uh, today I'm in the Bay Area, in the, in the uh, home turf. So Okay. And uh, where, where is that exactly? Yeah, I live in the uh, great San Francisco Bay Area out in the okay. East Bay. And uh, it's the first week in four weeks, I'm not finding myself on the road Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So nice. Yeah, I figured you, you'd be on the road. So, yeah. So you're yeah. In, I was just in uh, California last week. So uh, nice. 
Yeah. Beautiful San Diego, actually. So, um, so anyhow, um, tell me a little bit of this. So the audience is like, who is this Charles guy and why is he here? Let's take a walk down memory lane um, and let, let's talk about, you know, uh, who Charles is. Let's give me a little rundown. Give me a little walk down memory lane of who you are, brother. For sure, man. Uh, I'm an insurance nerd by, by training. I, uh, you know, going through college and, and business school, I always thought I wanted to go work on uh, Wall Street. And uh, in, in deciding three months in that Wall Street wasn't where I wanted to be. One, it was cold. Uh, two, you know, it was just a, an angle in which I didn't expect. And it was right at the height of financial crisis. I pivoted to insurance and that was the best career move I ever made. I love insurance. I'm an insurance nerd. I love studying policy language and forms and all the stuff about what we do day in, day out. Uh, so I started at Farmers back in the day, cut my teeth wet in, in claims, product management, policy underwriting, and seeing how the you know egg gets uh, you know cracked and all the omelets being made and all that fun you know shenanigans. And then uh, after spending a few years there, I went over to work at a small program carrier where we insured um, and supported MGUs and all sorts of tough to write classes, whether it's artisan contractors or trucking or, you know, section 280 housing, like all of the challenging nuances of what a risk profile looks like in a homogenous basis, whether it's an RRG, RPG, things like that. And believe it or not, man, cannabis is one of those programs that kind of fell in that bucket of long time ago. It was something that we, we looked at as an underwriting company and said, Hey, I think this is something that we should not only entertain, but two, it's an underserved market. So I joined up with Canjan after they were one of my clients for a few years way back in January of 2017 and been with them ever since. And we've grown from a very small company to biggest, you know, becoming the biggest writer of cannabis, CBD and hemp risk in our space. And it's super fun. It's entrepreneurial. And we love working with brokers who are already excited about getting into a new niche and diversifying uh, their book of business. So that's the history down memory lane, man. But uh, there's more fun stuff to talk about, Heath. Yeah, bro. I, I love it because, um, you know, I, the cannabis thing is interesting to me as, you know, in Arkansas where I live and uh, some of the other, you know, people are listening across the, the different parts of the country that don't have it necessarily legal, yeah. like Colorado or some of those other states. It, it's interesting to see, you know, what happened, especially now that people are, you know, starting to have their, uh, their farms and they're getting, there's a lot that goes into it, man. And oh, yeah. I re- it's funny, I stumbled into a trade show for, cannabis something or other and the lights alone cost like gazillion dollars man i I didn't realize how much money went into that yeah it's extremely capital intensive and you get everything from you know hps to halogen to led to whatever and every vendor will give you you know a thousand reasons why their lights produce the maximum yield per plant which is what all the cultivation you know clients we insure are looking for in all fairness so they maximize what they're doing as a company. So yeah, it's it's uh, and that's just one small you know sliver of the vendors that service this industry to keep propping it up on a year over year basis to help them support the monumental growth we're seeing. Yeah, it's totally different than uh, buying you know bud at your uh, dorm room in college. <laughs> a little different, yeah. now, right? Yeah. Um, for so, sure. You know, it's funny. I, I kind of wanted to start with, you know, just again, as you guys know, with my show and intern sound, we, we don't rehearse anything, but where I wanted to start was, you know, I, I was in an agency several years back. And we, you know, we toyed around with probably around the same time, you know, 17, 18, about yeah. getting into that. And like I said, I stumbled into that, uh, you know, trade fair, went through some of the things. And um, I feel like, and you, you could probably correct me here on this. Uh, I'd love for my audience to hear this too. I feel like it's something, if you get into cannabis, is this something you got to be all in on? It's got to be your niche? Or is this something that somebody listening right now could go right one or two here and there? Is it better to be a niche focus on that? That's a great question, Heath. I get it honestly all the time. 
you know, I'm an existing broker. I've been doing it for 15 years. I do healthcare. I do life sciences. I think I'm going to do cannabis. Can I do that? And the answer is yes. And here's why. The guys who are successful in cannabis have a passion that they will bring from other industries they've already not only utilized, honed, but honestly, they bring it to the table in a way that I think most honest buyers care about. So what I mean by that is you're not the guy who's out there just saying, I'm going to get you five quotes in five minutes and hope you like what I'm going to give you, right? That's not the cannabis buyer that we face. That's not the cannabis agent we like to work with. We want people who really honestly know the differences in coverage forms, know what they can sell, but also want a carrier partner that can be flexible and help them in their growth and say, I'm not going to outgrow my market, which is unfortunately what sometimes some of these newer entrants will say, I can give you 5 million here. Well, 5 million of TIV, man, don't like that these days. That, that's BI only for one location. So in talking about how guys can get into the space and be successful, I think it's the same, you know, core nuts and bolts of what makes them successful, having come from other industries before. Know your client, be honest and transparent, help them get risk transfer solutions in place. Yeah. When you're talking typical, you know, commercial account, you know, you're looking obviously your property, your auto, your GL and your workers comp, but with, you know, cannabis, what, what else is there? Is there other coverages people need to learn or is there anything else or is it just more understanding what goes on with those four coverages or so in that risk? I mean, those four are absolutely kind of the key components of what makes for a good risk management uh, scenario for these buyers. But there's plenty of other stuff to entertain. If I'm a cultivator, do I want to insure my plants or not? Well, that's an option on the table, right? If I'm a grower, do I make sure that my product isn't moving between my locations? Is it insured? It's up to them, right? They can have an opportunity to say, I insure it here. I don't insure it here. And I really think that's what's unique about our approach to underwriting this exposure is that we can be bespoke alongside the clients and give them options that meet their overall risk tolerance and profile. So if I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna say, what's my biggest issue? If I'm a grower, my crops are my only source of revenue, right? So I probably better insure that. Some people do, some people don't. They wanna insure the BI afterwards, that's great, we can do that. They wanna insure their BPP and inventory that supports their growing operations, awesome, day in, day out. But for a guy who says like, I wanna insure this, great, we can give you solutions and we'll give you options to say, this is a price with, this is a price without, and let everyone have this sort of a la carte solution that really meets their growing needs, no pun intended, so. Uh, right, is there, uh, is there a difference in like the, the medical marijuana insured, you know, versus recreational or whatever outside, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know how to ask the questions. I don't know the first damn thing about this. So <laughs> no, it's all good. no, it's all good. Look, at the end of the day, you know, the states that have programs for medicinal only or recreational or adult use, however, it's going to be portrayed or viewed. We insure it the same way, right? Same quality product being passed through supply chain, supply chain to get to the end consumer and the way in which they want to purchase it, whether it's online through delivery, non-storefront, drop-off a la DoorDash or Ease style, or go pick it up on their own in their local dispensary or retail establishment. Okay. Okay. So let's go, now that we've talked a little bit about that, I, I, there's so many places I want to go, but I want to go back to more like, okay, uh, I'm in the South, obviously. I'm in Arkansas. And you're in California. Totally different, um, obviously. And, um, I never would have picked it up based on your accent either, so I'm glad you told everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a lot of my audience is, is all over the country. And in certain areas of the country, just talking about cannabis still is kind of like a taboo situation. Yeah. And so obviously it's not over there in the West as much, but it's still taboo. And I was just in California last week. There's still certain areas where even yeah. there, it's a taboo subject. 
And insurance agencies, you know, and, I, and I'm going to be real extreme, but they might look at it like like writing strip clubs. Like, you don't want anybody to know you do it, but you might write a few, you know. And so what, what do you say about, like, why is that still a, a, an issue there? You know, I think it boils down to kind of the legacy stigma of cannabis. At the end of the day, here's what we, how we view it. And I think what a lot of people were getting the conclusion of. It's a plant. It grows in the ground. It has some level of medicinal benefit, depending on how you choose to use it. And it gives people the recreational entertainment that they're looking for in some avenue, whether that's consumption via pre-rolls, edibles, bait pens, et cetera. So push comes to shove. If it comes from the ground, it's being, you know, obviously tracked and traced in all these states that have legalized programs. It's something where if people want access to it, they're going to get it. And whether it's taboo or not, I think it has to do a lot with perception. And I think more and more research will come out about the benefits of it. More and more states will come around and say, I want to say this is part of our community part of our state. We want to have legitimate businesses and generate the revenue that we can not only employ people, generate tax revenue, but also make it a viable business you know, economy in the state of Alabama, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, whatever, you, whatever state you want to throw in there where the stigma exists. I also think that it's an age differentiator of growing up, older folks would say, I can't touch this, right? It's, it's you know, the de- devil's sin and all that fun stuff. Younger people want to do it. Guess what? Marlboro's also were supposedly good for you. And here we are today. We know it's not, right? It's a big difference about perception changes over time with a generational aspect. So I think as more and more people see that there's an opportunity for CBD and helping them with pain or THC and helping them sleep at night, whatever the angle is that works for an individual, this industry will be there to help support it in one way, shape or form. And I think people are going to come around to that you know, uh, notion as soon as, as they want to. But also we got you know, almost 40 states now that say this is a viable business opportunity. That's a lot of states are saying we're okay with this in one way, shape, or form. And at some point, seeing all the noise of legislation in the Senate and House of Representatives, it's going to pass and we're going to get some level of federal approval. But anyone's guess on when that will or will not be. But it's something's coming. Yeah. It makes me think of my old uh, high school days watching, you ever see Friday? Um, when, Friday. Uh, Yes, sir. He said, uh, when you said something that triggered that weed, it's from the earth, man. God put it yeah. here for you and me. Take That's advantage, it. man. That's it, man. Puff, puff, oh. give. But anyway, oh, we're not uh, we're not making it labs. It's being grown in industrial, you know, in right. Very sophisticated settings these days to have. You're exactly food. right. It's quality controlled. It's tracked. It's it's got really, I, I think, high level of visibility not only from the governmental standpoint, whether on a state or county-specific level, but also the industry tends to self-regulate. And the bad operators, they kind of force some ways out. So Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say. I mean, obviously, the insurance industry itself is heavily, highly regulated. Yep. You know, it's not like, you know, if you do decide to get into this, you're going to be able to, I mean, I'm sure you could find a way to get in trouble with it. But, sure. you know, it's so highly regulated, uh, it's going to be difficult to get in too much trouble. I mean, you're not wrong, right? Insurance... Obviously, where we come from being highly regulated, we see the amount of time and capital these operators have to invest to not only apply for a license, wait for a license, get a license. No one's looking to cut corners as it relates to being transparent and above board with how they run their business. Insurance is a necessary part of that overall risk management strategy that these buyers are looking for, whether it's self-insuring some components or transferring via insurance transactions. People want those solutions. And I'll tell you, these are not, you know, mom and pop operators for the most part these days. While they still operate and exist, this has become big time business with executives coming over from other comparable industries, whether it's consumer packaged goods, food, medicine, everyone's finding a way to say that cannabis has an angle in our business and how do we make ourselves best of breed? 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. There's, uh, I am shocked at some of the people, like when Arkansas first opened up with some of this, they only allowed certain licenses and certain things. Uh, I was completely shocked at the type of individuals yeah. and the people that I knew that were going after these licenses and they were lawyers, doctors, you know, high-end financial people, like For sure. very wealthy individuals. Just like I said earlier, there's a lot of money in this. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. I find it fascinating. And so- as you mentioned earlier, there are 40 states, I didn't realize that, but um, that we're up to now. So if I've got listeners right now uh, across the, the great uh, insurance town that are thinking about, or, uh, you know, maybe they haven't thought about till just now listening to you talk about it. And they're like, maybe I should get into yep. this whole niche. Let, let's talk about this. Let's say they decided to give us maybe some language or some wording or something. Just get, you know, sometimes you just need the right words that make it feel like you know what you're talking about. Let's help them. Let, sure. Let's help them. You know, get ahead just a little bit. Give us some some common terminology. Maybe some things. Some like uh, common. Uh, I don't know. Uh, pain points. Maybe that we could. You know, talk to a cannabis grower about to maybe get their business. Totally fair point. I, I think a lot of what the cannabis industry really kind of promulgates in a meaningful way is honesty and transparency. So learning the language, learning the nuances of what these operators face, how heavily regulated it is how long it takes to get a license, how challenging it can be to get permits, how long it takes to build out a new facility, how long it takes to retrofit a facility, things like that, I think really resonate. If you come in and say, I know you're some of your pain points, here's solutions we have that make you feel comfortable and sleep better at night. Honestly, that, that I think that works. Now, getting to the right buyer and decision maker at some of these operators can be challenging. But a lot of, you know, I'm assuming the folks who are listening on your podcast here, Heath, they're not quitters, right? They want to come in and say, I'm going to find this industry. I'm going to find some way to make success in this industry like I have in other industries, restaurants, bars, taverns, nightclubs, whatever it happens to be, the same mentality of risk transfer carries over. You just got to learn the language. So don't walk in and say, I'm here to insure your weed, right? Like no one should do that. Let's be honest about <laughs> this, right? Understand the pain points that cultivation goes through, which are your growers, right? Manufacturing and distro, what does that look like? How are the pain points for licensing being rolled out in your state? And really focus on being done locally because cannabis being regulated at the local municipal level and state level, that's where you see a lot of buyers. So stay local, close to home, supporting the mom and pops, but also you're going to have bigger operators who are in your home states. You know, listen to all these agents out here who have a need, who have a relationship, who have a desire to say, man, I want to work with Heath or I want to work with someone else because they get my business. I think that level of transparency and they get my business resonates more than I can save you money on your insurance. Don't leave with that. These people don't want to do that. They've already invested a ton of capital and time and resources into it. Tell them they understand the business, study up on it. There's plenty of great resources to go learn about the industry, what we're about, you know, NCIA, CCIA, normal, any sort of a bigger advocacy group, really understand the struggles and use that as your talking points with them. When you say, I get your industry, I can help you with your industry. Yeah. So, I mean, it feels like, you know, people that are listening as we talk through this, and I appreciate you on that. There's a lot of blue ocean. There's a lot of you know, white space. There's a lot, you know, yeah. of room in here that it's still untapped a lot in the market space. For so sure. someone could come in from Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, California, Colorado, wherever, and probably make a huge dent in the marketplace in a quick area if they had the right players, had the right language, studied a little bit, learned it, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a mid-roll ad, and I hate to interrupt you from this fantastic episode. However, I want to make sure I bring up the reason why we're here today, 
And uh, I couldn't do this show without my partners over at Canopy Connect and Cover Desk. Canopy Connect is your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. No more the back and forth. No more the uncomfortable situation. Uh, no more uh, making it difficult for your referral partners. Now you can create a customizable link for your referral partners. You can also uh, send a customizable link to your agency out to people. Well, so you don't have to ask those uncomfortable questions. They can log in. They can send you on this really cool customizable uh, dashboard. So you can organize all of those deck pages right then and there, and you can get those out to quote. So you can get back to your clients that much quicker. And it just helps you to make your client experience that much better. Now, also making things that much better for your agency is CoverDesk. CoverDesk is your premier solution for those virtual assistants and also just for staffing in general. Uh, CoverDesk uh, is not just uh, virtual assistants. They become part of your team. Um, these uh, virtual assistants are there at your agency meetings if you want to be. They are a part of your team. And they help you uh, to create a better customer experience for your uh, for your customers, for that matter. Um, they help you also to create a better experience for your employees that are there uh, in the agency every day to help them to focus on what they do best, creating relationships, uh, getting involved in the community, uh, building up your clientele. Go to CoverDesk.com. CoverDesk.com and tell Andy I sent you. Uh, also, use canopy.com backslash Heath for Canopy Connect. Uh, let's get back to the show. You're absolutely correct. Some of our best trading partners come from smaller, more regional areas that have specialized in this and have done really, really well in the last few years. And supporting the growth of those local operators, whether it's manufacturing, distro, retail, cultivation, assembly, any of those components, that's really something where I think a lot of our best-in-class brokers who have found success not only grow alongside their clients, but those clients, they all talk. And we all talk about, hey, referrals are the highest compliment I can get in our business, right? You like what I gave you, give me someone else, let me help them in the same way I helped you sort of mentality. I'll say I've never worked in an industry in the last 15 years that is more referral-based than cannabis. One, a lot of these guys are new to running this industry and they already have some level of gray or skepticism, right? And man, why would I go ahead and do this in a way, shape, or form in which I'm looking to either raise money put money to good use, grow my business. And I want to do it in a way that's being done right with the people who really get my business. So when I say do well by one, I think we'll do well by many. That mantra carries forward in our, in our industry at a very regular pace. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you said our industry, because obviously you represent the insurance industry, but yep. you feel like yourself, Kanjin, y'all are involved in the cannabis industry as well, not just the insurance industry. That's it. I mean, we're a part of the evolution of what cannabis is in the U.S. We have a sister company up in Canada who's doing it up there. and We're finding lots of success there as well. But the point is, this is all our team of nearly 100 people do. So, Keith, when I say we're a part of this industry, we are a material part of this industry in that we service cannabis, CBD, hemp clients on a North American basis for the U.S. and Canada. Like, this is what we do. It's a bread and butter. We get hit up all the time. Hey, can you help me? I got this, you know, artisan contractor. I got this long haul truck. Sorry, guys. That's not our, our wheelhouse. This right. is what we do. And I'm confident that our product offering of so many different carriers really works out well. And our longevity in this space, I think, gives that mantra of 
we're here to support the industry going forward. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I mean, it's one thing to be a carrier that writes cannabis, but another to be a carrier in the cannabis industry. Yep. And, and, so, and like I said, that's what we do. It's what we've done since 2012. We're coming up on over 10 years of doing it. We've seen almost everything. We've got visibility on most things of what's going on, whether it's state, local, how do we handle these pain points? And really, I think do a good job of help advocating for the growth of this industry. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, going back to, you know, I, I'm very, I, I want to go back to this and play this out a little bit more. I, I, you know, I'm a guy listening to insurance town. I decide I'm going to dip my toe in this water and I'm going to get into it. You've mentioned a lot of different avenues. Would it be best or do you have agencies that have done this that just focus on the distro or just focus on the growing or just focus on the dispensaries or do you kind of have to be all encompassing with all of it? You don't necessarily have to. And I think it really depends on what the licensing is in your hometown and your jurisdiction where you're going to go after your target clientele. What I mean by that is that in certain states, they may say you have to be also a cultivation and retailer, for example, right? So if you are good at only one of those types of risks and exposures, you're not doing your client the same level of advocacy as if you knew their nuances across their vertical enterprise. That's a big difference. So when I talk to brokers, could they be great at doing retail only? Sure. But most of the guys who specialize and do really well in one thing, they want to expand and control every step of that distribution under their own purview, their KPIs, their metrics, however they want to view their business. Most people don't want to say, I'm going to be a retailer. That's all I'm going to do. A lot of folks can I think the most successful, and as we see MSOs in our space, a lot of those guys will say, I want to control everything from cultivation. So we craft that boutique product to manufacturing where it's done in our proprietary method, to distro to where it's gone to our exclusive facilities, and then retail to where we curate that custom experience for the end consumer to consume cannabis in their first time, fifth time, hundredth time in a way in which they want to be approached. And, you know, for those, again, they're listening and thinking about this, a small Mom and pop, as you mentioned earlier, you know, cannabis account runs average of roughly what in premium volume? You know, lot, lots of metrics that are going to go into it, but we run accounts as small as 1200 1500 bucks, north of seven figures in premium on an annualized basis on a single product line. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, on a single. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So, like a, an established farm in like twelve states that you know really do you know a whole lot in that area, and they've got all the you know, equipment, the distribution, all the things you mentioned earlier. Those could be seven figure accounts. Absolutely. Holy smokes! And uh, it's it big time business here, Heath. We're not messing with No, I agree. Is that written on kind of a farm policy situation. We incorporate some of the best farm policies, but we also do it in a way in which we've crafted a policy form that's specific to the cannabis industry. Our buyers have unique risks. The insurance industry should respond accordingly. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I again, I, I'm I'm admitting, just like a lot of my audience that's driving down the road or listening at the gym, listening right now, we don't know a lot about the cannabis industry and insurance wise because either you know ignorance is bliss kind of situation, or we just hadn't been educated or hadn't been around it. So I wanted to make sure that you came on today and gave us some of that education because uh, it's not something to be scared of. In fact, it's something you can really make a lot of money in. You can do and well. Yep. Help an industry and as well as help people. I mean, there's a lot of medical benefits to it. There's a lot, you know, however you feel about it one way or the other. For sure. You know, there's a lot that could be done, you know, using that industry to grow your business. And I just, I want you, I just want them to hear from you, someone educated in this space of you know, how not necessarily easy it can be done, but that it can be done. Well, let's put it this way. We're not one of those online quotes that you get 50 quotes and, you know, four minutes of work. We're not that sort of approach, right? 
Keep in mind, right. we're insuring something that's federally illegal. So there's a few more unwriting questions we go through. <laughs> we want right. to make sure, right? Like put it in context for, for your audience yeah. who are listening here on the, on the podcast. Point being, we understand, and we've been doing this for more than a decade, we can help answer those questions. We have dedicated teams across the country to help not only train on an individual level, agency level, corporate level. We can give them the nuts and bolts of what's really best in class for what people should know about the industry, what pitfalls to look out for what they should say as a broker, we can help arm the, the folks out there who are in insurance distribution and, and, and that level of uh, transaction with the clientele on what they should know. So they go in there with not only the, the ammo needed, but also the education to support what they're seeing. That's a big deal. So yeah, it's a very big deal. Um, so now before we get in, you know, to a little bit more about KNGN, those that have been, that have been in the space for a minute, and they yeah. saw Canjan maybe in the title of my podcast, or they saw your name, they saw, yeah. and they've been around the block for a couple yeah. of years, and they've written a good book of cannabis sure. business. Sure. What are some new things coming up or some things coming out that they should be aware of in the industry, in the space? You know, let's talk their language a little bit. For sure. So uh, the hottest thing in the cannabis industry these days is consumption lounges. And regardless of what state you want to go to, Everyone's talking about where can I go and buy it and consume it or, you know, for lack of a better term, the bring your own weed parties, right? Like if I want to go somewhere safe. I want to enjoy my product. I want to consume with my friends or clientele or, 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 you know, other folks in the space who have a similar preference for consumption. Where can I do that? So we're seeing legalization on the forefront in Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, some other states who are saying that cannabis consumption lounges, which in all fairness, have been around for a few years in some states on a limited basis. That's becoming more and more prevalent. So it's a great curated experience for someone coming in. They can enjoy it in a safe atmosphere and do it with friends, colleagues, business partners, whoever you want to say. That's an area in which we're seeing the industry continue to evolve and be akin to a, you know, uh, a bar, a tavern, a cigar lounge, things like that that are more, you know, generally accepted, right, for lack of a better term, in one industry or one way, shape or form. And use that to say, this is how the industry continues to advance and be the next level of who we want to be. So that's hot and sexy these days. But people are all also talking about, hey, what's on the horizon from legalization in other states? How soon will licensing roll out? Are we going to let mom and pop folks, you know, continue to operate in the states? Or are these going all to the MSOs because they have biggest dollars? The answer is that it depends. But I'll tell you, the industry is not slowing down in terms of people who are excited about the space, people who want to get into the space. And all those folks, right? You, you talked about folks in the South who are like, Hush, hush. Talk to your doctor friends. I bet a lot of them are starting to invest in cannabis companies. It's a real thing. 100%. So, yeah. That, and honestly, like the bigger operators are getting bigger. So being able to support, you know, what's next for the industry, ensuring 100 million per location, 200 million per location. A lot of times that's been challenging to do given the reinsurance constraints that the industry has faced for obvious reasons. Um, but moving ahead and where do we find, you know, this industry is continuing to mature. And I think we'll find more and more people who want to play in it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, and I, I think it's cool. Uh, and I want to make sure we spoke some of the language uh, of those that have been doing it for a minute. And um, so you mentioned earlier, uh, Charles, you work for CanGen. Uh, I'm guessing that's Cannabis General. Uh, that's what it is. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't do Cannabis General, so Google wouldn't flag us. So here we are, CanGen. There you go. So CanGen. 
Um, tell me a, a little bit about, you know, Cam Gen writes all the things you mentioned earlier. They've been around since 17, 16, somewhere around there you mentioned. Um, you know, you guys. 2012 in one way, shape, or form. We just okay. all rolled out our proprietary product actually in, uh, in March of 2015. That was the first so time. So it's been around watched. a decade almost then. Okay. Or yeah, right yeah. around. Yeah. Like I said, when I say we've seen a thing or two, we're generally meaning that because this is what our team of 100 people see day in, day out. There's really not a lot of cannabis surprises anymore to our team. That's awesome. And so, um, uh, you guys have direct to brokers or do you like work with uh, more of MGAs and MGUs or do you guys work with like how tell me about yeah, your where do we fit in the supply chain? Yeah, yeah. yeah where, where's your distribution model? We're, we're an MGU. Uh, we're involved in every aspect of it, except for the claims component. We work exclusively with five to six different carriers, depending on product lines and needs. And we're supported by some of the largest reinsurers in the world uh, and have been since we launched our program, which I think is a really nice testament to putting out a quality product that, our buyers love and our carriers support for growth, which is, I, I think, an awesome position to be in. As it relates to what we do day in and out, we act as if we are the carriers in the M- true MGU capacity. And we work with retailers, you know, u- unique uh, wholesale brokers, and certainly anyone who's PNC licensed who has an account in this space where they want to have access to not only best in class product, but best in class service. And honestly, having that support network to lean upon of, hey guys, this is my first cannabis risk. Can I get a crash course? We got you there. That's what I was going to say. So, um, sorry, Beth. Our, our friend Beth down here that we don't know, let's say she decided, I want to open up an insurance agency tomorrow. Yep. Look at that pretty smile on that face. But, yep. you know, I'm going to open an agency tomorrow. How difficult would her for her to be get a contract? Sorry. For her to get it. Yeah. Great. Great question. Due to our, uh, our, our volume of submissions we work on this space, we do have production requirements. As long as people have production requirements that can hit in a 12-month period of time, we'll take retailers, we'll take wholesalers. And a lot of time we refer business from our retailers to our wholesalers when, hey, you know what? I used to have an agent, you know, I worked with Heath. He wasn't very good at selling insurance. And now uh, I'm out of cannabis, right? I got two accounts on Heath or Legacy, whatever happens to be. We'll go ahead and say, hey, no problem. Meet our good friends at CRC or RT or Amwins or any of the major trading partners that we have national contracts with to make sure they feel that warm transfer and still get the great quality product from Camgen. They just don't have the, the, you know, the, the production requirement hanging above their head anymore which is awesome because they have committed clientele. We want to stick with them. It supports our wholesale partners and our retailers still get the experience that they want. And it really, at the end of the day, it's the same, same product for us. So. Okay. So she could, uh, you know, come to you guys and uh, just say, Hey, I'm looking at doing this. Like you said earlier, you could hold her hand through the first one. For sure. And then, um, you know, help her grow in that. And then if she doesn't, you know, like it, then you would still hang on to that one policy and just help her yeah, do that in the best way you could. Business, but we yeah. are going to say, hey, you know what, Beth? Hey, look, you got 80 grand in the books with us. That's great. We really, you know, love working with you every six months in your two accounts. You know, it might be easier. So you can focus on really what your core bread and butter is that utilize one of our wholesale trading partners who know our platform and we can help you in servicing it that way. So we do those referrals day in, day out, but also... Beth may come to me and say, hey, Charles, you know, I've been working with your competition or I've been, you know, just dabbling. I go to anyone I, I want out there because I didn't know what the avenue is. I love working with you. I got to book them a million bucks. We do book rolls pretty regularly, too, and help people, come, you know, not only consolidate, but also make it easy to know what product they love selling most with one trading partner. Awesome. Um uh, so, like, you guys also distribution through different um, uh, networks, uh, whether it be like a Smart Choice or a, you know. Yep. We work with the SIA. SIAA. Yes, no, uh, we work with cluster groups as well. 
And um, how's that? I mean, that worked pretty well for you. Does that give people an opportunity to kind of dip their toe in the water? And a lot of people do it that way. And honestly, that's an, I think a nice angle because you know with those cluster and, and aggregator relationships, they do a great job of not only promoting the partnership they form with with our team here and making sure they get the best in class service response and, and approach to where we can help them find success, but also it gives them a reason to want to put it with them. They everyone gets you know their their appropriate level of, of commitment and support from those cluster groups. And for those agents who find success with it, it's, it's a really good experience. And I think it makes those, you know, taking the training wheels off early and really kind of hitting the ground running uh, a much smoother process and experience. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit, you mentioned, uh, I wrote this down before we got started, uh, the, the one note that I wrote down, you know, and getting prepared for all this. <laughs> what was it? Let's let's hear what the one tidbit was that caught your eye. Uh, the largest single underwriting go. Company. Yeah. However you want to phrase it. We're an MG. Yeah. So we, I call us an underwriting company. People call us a managing or underwriter. Everyone, you know, a lot of times people call us and say, oh, Canjun's my carrier. Well, we're not really. We represent carriers in space, but we're your point of contact from an underwriting standpoint. But that's what we do. And we've been doing it for, you know, as long as anyone else out there, if not the longest, depending on kind of what people want to classify. Yeah, I found it fascinating. You were the largest. I mean, we that. also do more lines in-house than anyone else out there, too. So when people sure. say, oh, can I? can you do this? Can you do that? A lot of our competition will say, uh, yeah, we can wholesale the same access to everyone else or... We have something exclusive. For us, we say we have something exclusive nine times out of 10. Uh, and we put something out there that we can put our name behind, right? Of the Canjun brand, which has always been excellent coverage, pricing that's appropriate for the risk exposure. Love so. it. So would that be your elevator pitch? If I said, Charles. That's it, man. We're chilling on the elevator. We're going up to the 15th floor. You got some new producers that want to get into Canjun. Yep. Uh, talk to them. Give me your elevator pitch. Yeah, it, it's a, really, it boils down to this. If you have any cannabis license holders who operate in the space, whether CBD, hemp, cannabis, in any legalized fashion, we have a product mix that not only meets their risk appetite, but we can help support their growth initiatives for the long term. So work with the industry experts, and certainly we can give you the training you need to find success with us in this space. And you guys pay standard commissions? We pay commissions that are tiered based on production goals, um, which means if I'm a retailer between 10 and 15, if I'm wholesale, I'm paying a little bit more. Uh, and that's for new and renewal. We're not going to go out there and say, I only want your new business. Because you know what? Business that's sticky, that sticks around with a great training partner. We love to see that. And we want to make sure our agency will love. And now we're going to pay them the same on the renewal books to make sure not only it stays with us, but we can help support their additional growth goals as a buyer. There you go. Um, I think I think all your agents got to love that, right? Because the mantra always yeah. is new business gets paid more, renewal gets paid less. We, we have a different mindset. We, good business is good business. I don't care if it's new or renewal. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. I love that. Um, yep. And I would love to hear, you know, anything else in the last, you know, four or five minutes before we start to wrap up. You know, tell me, you know, I told you I'd give you a good runway. I'd love for you to tell me anything else you'd love for the audience to know about CanGen from Charles Pyfram. That's, that's perfect. Thank you. Look, you know, for the audience and those listening here, when you have a niche in the space and you have the experience that we do, I think you're, you're doing yourself an opportunity to not only come to a market that, that has the longevity, has the understanding, can help you find success in this space. We're not one of those markets that will you know, sign you up and not give you the warm blanket to keep you around and tell you what we need to do to help make it successful. This is something that we were extremely passionate about. Our team of, like I said, almost 100 people. This is all we do. We, we love the, the industry. We love supporting the growth. We love helping brokers find success in their space. Because you know what? Cannabis isn't always fun and sexy, right? Cannabis insurance is a great one-liner to drop at a party. What do you do? I insure weed for a living. That's a great liner. And a lot of these guys across the country should be willing to say that. And I work with the best-in-class providers like CanGen to give what they want to do and help support their growth for the long term. Because you know what? No one likes seeing business churn. 
And we want to make sure we're doing our part to help support these local operators, but also national operators on either, you know, ancillary service providers, people who do cultivation, manufacturing, distro, retail, non-storefront labs. Like it really doesn't matter. Our solution is tailored to meet the needs of this industry on a bespoke basis. So if you want to get in this space, reach out to me, reach out to our team. We're here to help you guys. We, we love working with brokers who are passionate as much as we are. And it's certainly something that I think our value proposition resonates above most. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, and I appreciate you you sharing that and bringing the passion and bringing some knowledge. I really just thought, you know, and I'm sure the rest of the audience that saw the the tag, of, you know, we were talking KNG, maybe some pothead that was going to come in here and, uh, you know, talk like, a, you know, uh, with no knowledge about the actual insurance part of it, but you, yeah. I, you, you know, insurance. So I know insurance and I specialize in cannabis. So yeah, uh, I, I love that. You know, Beth's yeah. over there high as a kite doesn't know what we're talking about, but you actually know what we're talking about. I'm having fun with Beth because she can't unmute herself. So it's kind of funny to me, <laughs> but um, ha ha. Anyway. So um, for those who are wondering what's going on, you know, uh, Beth is anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I'll tell you some other day, but um, okay, so uh, let me ask you uh, a question that came up actually uh, when I told my son that I was going to be interviewing you. Uh, okay. is, is 420 a big time around your office? <laughs> in, in what way? I mean, <laughs> I didn't know maybe like 420, everybody got up and did some little dance or you know, you know, it's funny, a bell um, goes off at 420. You know, at 420, we don't like being the bell. Like it's not quitting time for us. We work around the clock to support our trading <laughs> uh, partners. I will say that, um, you know, the common question I get asked around the 420 holiday, right, of what it is or, you know, any of the other cannabis friendly holidays out there um, is, you know, does a third of your book of business renew on 420? No, it doesn't. Because yeah. you know what? The operators are just operating cannabis. They're not necessarily a whole, you know, to your point, right. as you don't get the business, right? That, that, that angle or narrative, it doesn't really hold true anymore. Um we're, we're, you know, some seasons are cyclical and some renewals are cyclical, just like any other insurance industry. We kind of all ebb and flow based on when licenses come out and how do we help our buyers when they're ready to transact insurance, you know, policies. So um, there is a little bit more on 420. Um, right. But I also think that if this is the industry you specialize in, do you want to do your insurance renewal on your national holiday, quote unquote? You know, probably not. So, yeah, I love it. Um, yep. Just thought I'd have a little fun with that for a minute. Dude, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming in and hanging out. I, I appreciate you educating us because I really didn't expect to be educated this much. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to go back and listen to this again and be like, man, um, I might need to get into the cannabis business. But yeah, there no, you go. it's, it's uh, super cool. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, there's so many avenues that people can get into it. People can Absolutely. find you in different avenues. If someone wanted to reach out to, to you give yep. me your contact info maybe a website address or something where they can find you know you can find, you can find me on linkedin charles pfeiffer on linkedin you go to our website www.cangen with two n's g-e-n-i-n-s.com there's a contact us page it comes to my team we can help get you set up not only train and also pair with a dedicated underwriter where you can find success in running business with us so we're out there follow us on linkedin put a lots of great content it's almost as good as stuff keep you know he puts out so it's good <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and follow that uh, for really, honestly, this is great cannabis information about the industry, how we can help and kind of just keep you abreast of what's going on, you know, legislatively. So it's a really, I think, a fun, fun area to keep up to date. Uh, but certainly, you know, we're out there. A quick Google search will find us. So we're around. Yeah, dude, I appreciate it. And it's good to know you pay good commission and don't you don't pay in Cheetos. No, no Cheetos. We send you Cheetos if you hit your, uh, you know, your bonus target. So extra, extra <laughs> Cheetos on top. So. Oh, I love it. 
Dude, I, again, I, I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day and I hope the audience has a good time as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Ethan. I enjoyed the conversation, my friend. All right, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me and Charles today on the show. I really hope that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. I don't know why I thought when I was interviewing uh, a guy from Kansas and I was going to get Shaggy uh, from Scooby-Doo and Friends um, uh, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, however, I'm so glad uh, that the conversation went the way it did. It was so informative, um, such a, a educational uh, podcast, but also entertaining. And I learned a lot. I hope you did too. If you have an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.